0: when people usually say that you know they're expanding globally it means one of the founders wants to go move to la or somewhere is that, is that the case oh, unfortunately i think we probably both want to but i don't know if i miss what well Were you're a love island fan not me personally not that i'm going to admit to on the podcast <laughs> anyway it's one of the few you know print media out there that's actually grown in a market that's relatively in decline i like our, our lots of, our sort of comedy stuff so one of the i mean the Brand deal that stands out for me is the Tekken button smashing video we did. He's hired help. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a placement student on cheap labour. <laughs> you said it, you said it, mate. It's a fantastic experience. I mean, what you find out is very quickly uh, how important marketing is. So welcome back to the Social Day podcast. I'm really excited about today's guest. So Emily, can tell everybody who we've got on.
1: So today we're going to be joined by Claire Hong. We're really, really excited to chat to her and just find out more about her. The interview is actually recorded before Social Day. So if you're listening to this now, she would have already done her Social Day session, which was amazing. But this is still a fantastic chat. Great to find out more about her and what she's been up to at ITV. So let's just jump straight in. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, Claire. How are you? I'm good. Thank you very much for having me. I feel very honoured. Yeah, it's great
2: to have you on. Could you just tell us a little bit more, first of all, about your role at ITV? Yeah, so it's, um, it's a really interesting one. So I actually started back at ITV. This is my second time, which is why it makes me look like I've been there a long time, but I've actually like jumped in and jumped back out again. Um, so I started working on Corrie and Amadel last year, right at the start of the lockdown, which was fun, obviously, um, to start a new job and then stay at home most of it. And then we had a slight restructure in our organisation. And my background also includes like working in marketing. And I really actually loved the kind of whole digital e-commerce side. And part of what ITV does now is obviously do kind of uh, D2C activities, so direct to consumer, things that we're selling as a result of them being in the show. The biggest one obviously being Love Island, water bottle. Um, So when the opportunity came up to do that and work in that team, I obviously jumped at it. Which is great. So, I now have this really lovely balance of still making content, doing lots of editorial stuff in terms of social media and digital filming, still making great videos, but at the same time, having a really kind of hard outcome in terms of sales figures and how we're doing with um, ticket sales or bottle sales. So, it's a really nice meld of science and creativity, which is very rare.
0: So Claire, do you think stepping away for a spell, you know, kind of has helped prep you to come back and, you know, embrace this role for, you know, a new role the second time around?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was one of the reasons I left doing editorial anyway, because I was at the BBC. I really loved working at the BBC, but I was thinking like, God, you know what, all the really interesting stuff is all commercial Team, So it's all like what Nike is doing or so what this really interesting fashion brand is doing. And I was going, I need to go out and actually understand what people are talking about in that world. So I actively left, um, joined a media agency, knew nothing. I didn't even know what a media agency was. You know, I I was under naive. I got confused between a creative agency and a media agency. So I thought I was going to film loads of commercials, but then must have had the fastest year of learning about marketing you know (laughs) in about 20 years worth of marketing in about a year and then set free on clients which well they set me free on clients straight away so yeah definitely really useful and I think definitely what the industry needs you know it's it's good that we think editorially and we think about how we reach and engage people but I also have to think about how we actually make money as an industry as well.
1: And has that? How much has the uh, like digital and social media content side of television, obviously, because what you're talking about as social day is how the digital aspects become so much more important. How has that like changed over the time that you've been working there, like compared to your first role to now? Like, has it just come on leaps and bounds?
2: Oh, it's amazing! It's like so when I I started in community media probably about fifteen years ago, we were doing live streaming in a little council estate um using a little kind of vision mixing box and no one took it seriously so you know we were streaming to us and our five friends and i remember someone from the bbc came along and they were like but what's the difference between this and tv you know how how is it different and i was going oh you know it's just people can react faster we can be really agile we'd have to spend two hundred and fifty thousand pounds on an ob kit you know, and they were going, Hmm, can't can't really see how it's how it's gonna change things. And it's hilarious. So when I actually joined the BBC I went into Songs of Praise, which was like a great job, but as you can imagine, a very different pace of life from doing like a live show online. And I actually went, you know what, I I always wanted to get into TV. This is what I trained all my life for, but I actually loved the digital side and no one was taking it really seriously. So they were going like, oh, you can work on the website or, you know, you can, you can go and maybe, I think Strictly's doing something where you can make some behind the scenes videos for Strictly, but we were always, always like the last groups so you know it's like the tv people would get in first and maybe the it takes two would get in and then right at the end it'd be like do we have five minutes for the website yeah right stick the website on and that was even before you know we were really properly on facebook or even thinking about youtube or anything else it was still the website then and then you know when i joined this morning they were really ahead of the game so they did this whole section called the hub And that was supposed to, like, kind of bring in all the social media channels. And I think that's why this morning is so ahead of the game now. You know, when something happens on Instagram, they're on it. When something happens on TikTok, they're on it. Um, And now, like, 10 years later, looking back on it, and everyone's like, so you can do social media? Brilliant. (laughs) You know, it's like a superpower now that I I know social media and I've been doing it. If anything, the one thing I have now is I'm too old. So I'm not as, you know on it as a, as like a 20 year old would be now who like lives their life on social, who's never known anything but YouTube or TikTok or Instagram. So if anything, I'm catching up now still, even though I've been doing it for 10 years professionally, it's um, there's still a lot that I still have to learn, even as a career, you know.
0: Quite exciting though, isn't it? I mean, obviously with the um, advent of TikTok, I mean, I remember seeing that first come out and thinking, yeah in no way am I going to go on and mime to songs and things and you know that to me that when it was uh, musically that's all it was watch that develop and become like you know quite a you know a really good platform for reaching a younger audience it's been pretty incredible watching the rise of TikTok but I don't use it uh, you know, my, my daughters use it and um, you know it's great to see them watching it but yeah it's there's always something new to learn isn't there
2: Oh, um, you know, absolutely, and you know the thing about TikTok is everyone does it, and I'm the same. You know, I, I, my nine year old will laugh at me because I don't know who this TikToker is. But you know, the other really interesting thing about TikTok is it's it's gone through the early adopters you know it's now on the early mainstream and two of the most successful people on tiktok are two men she's and on deck <laughs> so <you> know, <laughs> it, does, it does make you kind of go it's it, it actually you don't have to be a teenager to do really well at it but everything technology wise will inevitably go over that curve where it starts with the early adopters it gets to the early mainstream facebook now is a, at the laggard stage you know facebook 10 years ago it's oh you're on facebook oh is it better than my space you know i mean they were the conversations i was having and now like people on facebook are like is oh, it your it's your grandma and your granddad because that's so down the line now so tiktok's really interesting in the fact that obviously it kind of started off in southeast asia and i actually bizarrely saw quite a lot of tiktoks but not as TikToks as the which is you know what it is in in china and i was going what are these videos what are these random, like, just a woman walking along the street and then slow-mo down? And that was it. And I was like, what what's going on? I don't understand. So when it came to the UK, I was like, it's just women walking down the street and then slow down. what wh- How does it We got rid of Vine, right? Because short video didn't work. How is this going to work? So, yeah, seeing it explode has been incredible. um And seeing how much time people spend on something that is very short, but just drags you right in is really interesting as well.
1: Oh, I can definitely speak for that because I uh, I've kind of grown up with social media a bit more, and I just don't use Facebook at all. And I just spend hours and hours on TikTok. My screen time's just ridiculous. But yeah, it's really interesting actually hearing about your career. I know you spoke about it at the Digital digital Women event as well. But I think like a lot of people, especially like from my perspective, being young and just starting out in the industry, you kind of led to believe it's like this linear path. Like you have to do certain things and meet certain criteria along the way. But you've kind of had more of a zigzag career and tried a bit of everything. Um, so yeah, it's just really, really interesting to hear about that. Last year was the first year you attended Social Day, is that right? Could you tell us a little bit about how you kind of came across that and how you found it?
2: So I actually came across Social Day when I was working at Thomas Cook, which was back in 2019. So it was a bit of a weird one because I'd just come off the greatest Dancer, So I'd gone back into, I'd done all agency work, then gone back into TV, then decided to go do Thomas Cook for some fun um and mainly because I realized the budgets were really high so you know I I had a lot of money to play with and also a lot of autonomy which was amazing but Thomas Cook had that reputation of the the airlines had that reputation of like not really doing that much you know lots of pictures of planes lots of pictures of pilots no real interesting campaigns so I went and did this project where admittedly it was an excuse to travel around the world but it was it was an innovative social media campaign as well where what we did was we took like a different presenter out to three different destinations and we got the audience to vote on what we did so you know we would use the voting mechanics on twitter on instagram stories on facebook and say you know where should we eat somewhere really local or this really expensive restaurant should we go on a boat journey or should we go in a horse ride carriage and it was really lovely because it let the audience actually get involved with the destinations we were trying to fly people to and that's how you get them to buy tickets because they see how amazing it is and then when we did that i was like you know what we need to be seen in the digital world as an innovative company we're doing this project but the digital world doesn't know about us prolific north does And you know a couple of like campaign week and a couple of marketing people know but we really want to get seen digital so i literally googled like who's the most innovative conference <laughs> who is the conference that all the really good people digital companies are talking about and social day came up i was like also, it helped that it was free to enter because then I didn't have to negotiate something from my boss. <laughs> so, you know, so I put something in for that. And then that's kind of how I came across you guys. So when unfortunately Thomas Cook very suddenly got shut down, um, Lucy was brilliant because we were still entered for the award. And she was like, well, you know, that's fine. Keep the award in. You still did your work and actually come and visit us, you know, and I would have loved to have gone back then, but I literally was so, we hadn't been paid for a month, you know, I, I didn't have any savings, I literally couldn't afford a train ticket down to London, so I couldn't actually do it that time, but getting to do it now is amazing, so it, it's a, it obviously, we were in lockdown last year as well, but getting to do it properly in person this year is going to be so much fun, so looking forward to it.
1: So you're gonna be talking about how like social media and digital content play such a massive part in, in obviously television and in your role now. Could you just tell us a little bit about but more about what you're gonna be talking about and what our audience will like take away from your session?
2: I'm so glad you've asked me now rather than about me. <laughs> <laughs> So so it is you know it's a massive feel i had a really big think about what i wanted to do in 20 minutes that people could take away from and what i'm really aware of is not everyone has a tv channel at their disposal so you know we're in quite a unique position at itv so to actually make it hopefully more relevant and to kind of touch more on what i'm doing i'll I'll talk a little bit about it's not really my world anymore because it belongs to the editorial world, but obviously there's the kind of how we turn viewers into fans using the social media. But for me, and what I mainly concentrate on is then how we turn fans into consumers. So then how do we use good content to use good editorial to kind of work with the brand on TV, on all these different channels, but also actually use social media as a channel to sell to to take those fans one step further in the journey from just engaging with us to actually becoming people who put their hands in their pockets and buy with us as well
1: just on that as well that's kind of reminded me of a good question what do you think about social commerce like in terms of all the platforms because obviously that will make it seems like that would make a massive difference to your role with it all being integrated being able to you know, with the fans being able to purchase stuff directly through Instagram and stuff like that. Have you had a chance to utilise that yet? And how, where do
2: you kind of see that going? It's going to be massive. I mean, I, I said this five years ago. I think when I when I finally got my head around what a media agency was, it's something that we spotted very quickly because a lot of the social media trends start off in East Asia. And one of the things that we were finding even in China, you know, three or four years ago was banks were really struggling because people were no longer spending money because they didn't spend cash anymore. The apps, obviously, um, especially WeChat, already were doing the kind of like social buying on their apps, and then they could literally control commerce because if you went on their app, that would actually mean that someone wouldn't buy. So, you know, if you were a restaurant and you couldn't pay through WeChat and someone had to actually had to either you know get their credit card out or god forbid actually go and get some cash and pay that would mean that it would be a barrier to payment so having like wechat would actually then be you know a way of getting your business running so it's it's fascinating and it's it's interesting to see you know like this it's not even new anymore but how common it is now that the platforms don't just want to be platforms they've been entertainment platforms they've been marketing platforms the next step obviously is to be the commerce platform and the person who controls the payment controls the sales. So it, it does make absolute sense that all these social channels are trying to get there. I think there's still a lot of work to be done on their end in terms of regulation. I think there's a lot of work to be done on trust, um, on the trust side. I know, you know, even a, a few years ago I went to an Amazon Pay event and they talked through an amazing kind of um piece of research that they'd done about what puts people off buying online what stops them like doing that final hurdle and they you know they'd done the really famous one one click to buy to try and make it easy and they found people hated it (laughs) because they didn't trust it they were like oh if if I press this in one click to buy but I make a mistake what happens so they worked out you actually need three clicks to buy because actually anything Less than less than one, but more than six was too much. So if it was like have to go here, then you have to sign the details, then you have to do this, then you have to add your credit. People just be like, oh, you know what? Can't be bothered. So the social media channels can can nail that. It'll be really interesting seeing TikTok integrate with Shopify. Recently in the UK is very interesting. I think Facebook and Instagram are probably testing similar kind of payment methods through them in the US because they're all taking the Southeast Asian model. So it will be very interesting to then see how even the normal e-commerce tailors like PayPal, like banks, like Visa start having to change their game because not only do these guys now have our eyeballs, but they also have our payment details. And, you know, they're competing with Apple Pay and Amazon Pay and Google Pay. And yeah, it becomes very interesting in that world.
1: Yeah, it's just really, really interesting.
0: I was going to say. So, I mean, social commerce aside, I mean, especially with a new platform, when when do you decide now's the time to go and have a play on there? You know, and and what's the what's the process there? Because I think um, there've been lots of brands that have especially when TikTok came out where, you know, now's not the right time for us to get on there. And then by the time they do get on there, they've probably, you know, missed a lot of quick growth, I, I guess. So just, just really interested to get your thoughts on that.
2: Yeah. I'm not I mean, not just in my current job, but in like a lot of, you know, big, big broadcasters, the inevitability means that because you've got more processes, everything is a lot slower. When you've got a bigger wheel, you turn a lot slower. The other thing is as well, and and this is something that the smaller, whether it's an agency or it's an influencer or they don't have to, maybe they don't have the same amount of checks and balances that we have to. So, you know, working with regulators like Ofcom, doing things like being a big organisation that we can't just pick up a piece of music and use it just means that we don't have that agility to just to do something, just the minute it comes along, there are a lot of, well, what are the risks? Especially, um, you know, when I was working in BBC Children's and we wanted to go on YouTube, and setting up a YouTube channel takes about five minutes, you know. You add a URL, you stick in uh, an email, you upload your first video, off you go. And I remember it took months and months because we actually had to go through... Convincing, you know, the stakeholders it was safe. Here's all the steps we're going to put in place. Talking to YouTube about the algorithm because we couldn't just upload on them.
0: I'd love to have seen your face when they are when when uh, one of the powers that be asked for the uh, terms and conditions for compliance.
2: Oh, it, it was, it was, you know, it, and it was because you know the BBC is such a power player. It, we were in that position where we're like, well, can't we just have a unique thing for us? And having to kind of go, mm, that's not how YouTube works you know what I mean, it was like we we can't actually, we that's not how YouTube works. And you understand that because these organizations have spent decades getting making sure their reputation is safe. And I imagine that's the same for big brands, it was the same for a lot of big clients that we used to work with. So it it's that balance between the reputational damage if it goes wrong, the resource availability as well. So setting up a new channel seems relatively easy, but actually you've got to be putting new content in there every day. You've got to have someone who's going to organize and sort that out. And it's great when it's a hobby because you've got a little free time and you can do that. But Actually, when you've got a set amount of people who already are doing the job, how do you move one to the other? So I, And before TikTok, there were a slew of lots of different channels springing up. You know, people weren't sure. Like, oh, do I do a a podcast on Spotify? Do I actually take Amazon video and upload video on there? Do I, you know, so people weren't sure. And TikTok has been almost unique in the way that it's kind of come in almost like a late challenger, but acted like uh, a startup and absolutely just pushed its way through and it hasn't done it cheaply it's not you know it's not someone who's four people sat in an office it's had I remember even like you know 2019 Stuart you know right when it first launched in the UK they were doing out of home activity that is not cheap you know to kind of put posters up on the tube that is someone with some serious money behind them and they were able to do that in a way a lot
0: I mean, you look at the recent sponsorships as well. I mean, you know, Euros, I mean, they're all over that. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're not getting anything for cheap from uh, the football associations.
2: No, exactly. And we forget, don't we? I mean, sometimes I think it's really easy. One thing that I do realise, like, especially working with Thomas Cook, working for a little bit with Seagate, which obviously was an international company, is that we forget in the UK we're so insular? You know, we look at the sixty-five million people in this audience in this country and kind of go, everything revolves around them. And actually, if you are a really big organisation, you go, well, actually, there is three hundred and fifty million people in America, and guess what? A <laughs> billion people in China. So, uh, you know, you got you sixty-five million are great, but actually, we're just going to realize. So, if they've already got the Chinese market. Rolling out towards is almost like a second or third territory, and it's yeah. easy. you know we think it's wow and it's, and it's new, it's innovative, but they've been doing this for years in an environment that is far, far ahead of where we are in terms of social media.
0: I wanted to find out of all of the um shows and things that you've you've worked on recently, which one's been your favorite because it's we assume that um, you've got these ready built audiences that are just going to jump on and you know um support anything that you put out but i'm sure the reality is like you you have to make it work just as hard as everybody else so what's what's been your favorite campaign that you've you've kind of done of late
2: i think the love island one that obviously i'll I'll talk about social day so i won't give too much away from that has been it's been really interesting because i you know wouldn't have said i was a core Love Island audience member so I kind of had to learn quite a lot for that from scratch in terms of the actual shows though um and in terms of like what I I enjoy from ITV genuinely and I know I was asked this question at the Q&A and I was like oh it looks like a clap hat answer but I I do actually look you know that's the really interesting thing about shows we used to think it was very much about you are a 50-year-old woman, therefore you must watch this, or you're a 20-year-old man, so therefore you must be interested in this. And I know this isn't just something we do. I I think there was a commissioner at Netflix who kind of spoke about something quite similar recently. It's not anymore. It's very much more like what do you guys enjoy? And the 60-year-old woman might enjoy exactly the same thing as a 20-year-old man. So, you know, things that I would never, like, you wouldn't have put me in the demographic for, like Judge Rinder. I really enjoy, it. <laughs> you know, yeah. really is, it, you know, I, it's probably it was on daytime. It's not something that before I worked at home, I would have had a chance to watch. It's probably not something that before I even watched the show, I would have had the chance to watch. But what one of my most joyful things was, you know, allowing comments on, on the Judge in the YouTube channel and then just watching the flow of love from American fans, who you know we wouldn't even consider, but just get oh his accent sexy, isn't it? Isn't isn't, isn't Judge Rinder Stern? Don't we love it? You know, even <laughs> then comparing it to Judge Judy, and you know oh I really like it when he bangs his gavel. You know it was like it was like a Monty Python sketch, but it was it was just so much fun to like watch the comments because you know that's the thing about TV. Sometimes it's a bit of a one way system. We put it out there. You know, we get we get an idea of reaction from social media, but it's it's kind of so big and so broad. But something about comments specifically on a video that you just put up that you get then get to watch, you get a real idea of like what people are thinking. So it it wasn't a campaign as such; it was a trial. But I really enjoyed actually just reading all those comments. You know, that was a lot of fun for me.
0: I can ima- I can imagine that'd be great. Yeah.
2: <laughs> And some of them were ridiculous, you know. Some of the, you know, obviously you get quite the serious things about um, Judge Rinder, but you get the silly things as well. And I think we had one about there was um a piece of artwork that was commissioned by this guy, and he'd paid something like three thousand pounds for it. And he talked about being one sixty fourth Cherokee, you know. So this this artist had done this, so and it revealed it and it was the most well. You have to go on YouTube and look it up. That's all I'm saying.
0: Guys, have a check that one out.
2: I know exactly. <laughs> so, it was hilarious, though. I, I think I laughed just putting that together as I was doing it.
0: Well, I can't. I can't wait to see you in the flesh and uh, finally get to meet you face to face. Really looking forward to, to your session at Social Day.
2: Yes, thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to it as well. And I will have already by then. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us, Claire. Well, thank you for having me.
0: Thanks, Claire. <laughs> So actually, I really enjoyed that. And, you know, I think as Claire mentioned there, you know, it was, it was a great way for us to develop a relationship with her. So obviously she was unfortunate to have lost her position when the company went bust. But, you know, I think as you found out there, you know, what a wild ride. And I think it's it's incredible the amount of varied content that Claire's had to work on. And, you know, we're really excited to hear more about that over the uh, over, over the coming months. So, along with Claire, we've got a whole series of podcasts that you can tune into. We've had some really great interviews with some of the key players in social media. So, go check them out and have a cup of tea.